Welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul healer. I'm joined today with Dr. Susan Fox. Susan has specialized in women's reproductive health and fertility, where she combines the best of ancient wisdom with modern science to ensure patients receive the best evidence-based support. In working with women and people undergoing IVF, patients would often lament, how is it that I never learned this about my own body? That is where Health University was born. Susan is on a mission to bring support through education and DIY procedures to those who may not be able to easily access in-person appointments and treatments. Susan, welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Amy. You know what's fascinating is how you said this in your bio, like how ancient medicine is like kind of making its way back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why did it ever leave? Well, I think it left because we became enamored with our reductionist scientific method. And, you know, this one prescription can cure that one ailment. And thank God and goddess it it has, but it also comes at a price of, you know, sort of missing the larger healing potential that was expressed in the plant from which that one molecule was, you know, kind of derived and reconstituted in the lab. So the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) I said it. I said it. And I'm going to let you have been the one to say it, but I said it. I own it. So yeah, like what's kind of beautiful. And by the way, when we say patriarchy, it's not like anti-men. It's suggesting that the patriarchy has taken it so far in the masculine energy that there's only one way, one ever, one this and that. Whereas the divine feminine comes in and says, no, there's a lot of different ways and let's explore it as humans. Yes. Yes. Let's observe and explore as opposed to identify, diagnose, and treat. Yeah. And yeah. we need both. Like the, the, the true balance of divine masculine, divine feminine is this beautiful, harmonious way that I imagine that the first folks on this planet Earth were in harmonious balance. And women like you and me, humans like you and me are bringing it back and we're creating that back, meaning in our lifetimes, we haven't really seen that balance that we're talking about, but we're creating it. Yeah. I like to use the term, we are remembering what got dismembered or forgotten. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. We all have our own unique spin and we need all of them. It's like, whatever lands for someone, cool. Come on board. Come with us. Exactly. Um, Cool. So how's your day? What's going on? Well, it's been a great day. I just came back from a five-day mastermind training in Tucson, Arizona. So my my brain and heart are filled. Mm-hmm. And so then in terms of catching up, so is my email box and my calendar for appointments such as this. But lucky me, you know. Happy to have you. And welcome back. Was the mastermind around women's health, fertility, pregnancy, menopause? It was around health in general. You know, a few of us have focus in women's reproductive health, but others, it was the, I don't like to even use the term anti-aging, but the, how do we age gracefully and healthfully? So it's covered all the gamut. Yay. Oh, that's exciting. Was it only for women? Nope. Men and women. But as you mentioned prior, I think healthcare in general, when when we attend these kind of things, embraces divine femininity and, Mm -hmm. you know, the healing potential of the big tent where we can all you know, contribute and more better than when we arrived. Yeah. I love meeting men who are leaning into the calling that they're getting as well for the divine feminine when they're leaning and they're like, listen, I want to make things better too. If they're not getting offended, it's like they're part of the conversation. It's so gorgeous. And so that's, 
I serve all humans, primarily women. But when men come to me and they're like, hey, listen, I want to do something. I don't know what that looks like and help me figure it out. Cool. Let's talk. If you're going to come at me with some kind of sideways stuff, nah, we probably won't vibe. But I wish you well with the greatest love and light. So Susan, what moves are you excited to be making right now? Yeah, I love I love that question. I saw that question. I am on fire with regard to helping women or people who want to grow their families remember that they can do a lot on their own to improve their fertile health. We had gotten so sideways along a path of if you present with these symptoms, you then have this diagnosis and therefore this is your treatment plan. And this is how it ends up that someone is sitting across from me saying, how do I not know about my own menstruation? You know, I'm I'm in my mid thirties. I'm a successful, you know, career woman or entrepreneur or something. I spend so much time trying not to get pregnant that I don't even know when I should be trying to get pregnant and what these signs and symptoms that I have been ignoring or put on oral contraceptives so I didn't have to feel them might have been trying to tell me. So I am on fire with a program that I designed called Your Fertile Health at Health University, Y-O-U. And again, like the university is we need to educate ourselves. Nobody knows better than we do what we yearn for, what we're craving to learn next. And so the Health University platform has within it the Your Fertile Health program where women can help prepare better for natural conception or oftentimes they have, you know, they've gone some some time down the road and are struggling and so therefore getting ready for IVF or uh, egg freezing or something like that. So I love that they can be better prepared for these things. Isn't it wild? This has been kind of a theme this week over over the past month is that for me personally, I had a health event late last year and Mm -hmm. I immediately went into, how did I not know that? I'm an educated woman. How did I not know that? It's like not knowing, first of all, women's anatomy wasn't added to Western medicine science books until what, 90s? And so- Mm -hmm. The fact that like, we don't know that, I think we take it as an affront to ourselves. It's like, how could, it's like a judgment toward ourselves. And I'm an energy worker. I'm a coach. And so like, I went to my coaching team and they're like, is that something that's yours? Do you really own that judgment? Is that really on you? And it got me to a place where I'm like, no, of course it's not. What is that? When women look at ourselves, when we don't know something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't know until, until we're exposed to, or have some kind of reason to question. And I will go so far as to say that I think that especially with women and sexuality, there was a strong drive to suppress or repress anything that had to do with a woman's body, especially sensuality and sexuality. So not learning about anything you know, below the neck from ages two on was part of the system, you know. I've had so many incredible women on this podcast and I had this amazing sexuality and relationship coach. And we talked about how the average age of a woman having her first orgasm is 24. And then it gets into like this line between, do you teach quote unquote minors how to please themselves or please their partner? At what age is that? All the stuff we got into that. It was pretty awesome because I'm the 24 club. That's me, ironically. And then also just the sheer word vagina or vaginal, that strikes a tone, especially in those, I would say, and again, the patriarchy does not discriminate. It's both perpetuated and harmed, you know, women and men, both and. You're not allowed to 
to have a vagina really like in the workplace or like in settings that are deemed professional or like upper cuff or whatever. So mm-hmm. then it becomes the word vagina. And I'll bring another example in another episode. We talked about pelvic organ prolapse. I got put in LinkedIn jail because when I put the episode live, LinkedIn algorithm picked up vagina as a vulgar word and I got tanked. So there's a lot out there. <laughs> and the fact that like, that's sometimes the very first barrier mm-hmm. for both men and women. Right. We hear the word and and there's just sort of a little bit of a, um, a shyness around it at best and a cringe around it at worst, because should we be saying it? Don't hesitate to say tooth, eye, ear <laughs> for, you know, women's reproductive parts and men's as well. You know, we, we have to be, we're taught to be a little cautious. And back to your comment about, you know, how as young people, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're so afraid of our own bodies that we haven't even learned pleasure. You know, it's such a natural experience that I hope that anybody listening out there, if not teaching, just allowing, because I think we were just allowed to explore ourselves. I think it's it's safest to start with ourselves. We are the ones living and inhabiting these bodies to see what, what do I like? You know, what, what feels good so that I don't have to hide or just presume that my role is to please my partner, whoever that might be. Right, right. A lot of work that I do, and this is something that I've introduced into my energy work is I do a lot with the chakra energy centers. And mm-hmm. so second chakra, sacral, womb space, anything that you go through, and it doesn't have to be specific to the womb space, but this is where I've been called, is anything that could be traumatic, whether it was a sexual trauma, miscarriage, menopause, hysterectomy, anything mm-hmm. that's gathering energy in a way where judgment, guilt of her own body or feeling less than stigmas. I hold a sacred womb ceremony so that we can give honor to what is there. And it's a lot about the sacral movement. And we bring that wave. The sacral energy moves from left to right in a flowing motion. We bring that flow back into it. Because a lot of times what I do is when we go in, it's still. And there's just so much in the depths there to explore in that energy that we do a really, really sacred healing and energetic work to see her Mm -hmm. and then move through what she needs to feel to get back into like a flow and also reconnect to the other energy centers. And Mm -hmm. overall, the woman then feels renewed as whole. Right. Beautiful. So gorgeous. Beautiful. And it's interesting because I think all the traditional medicines, the ancient medicines have some form of that, right? In Chinese medicine, we refer to the Dantian, the area between the belly button and our pubic area and our vaginal area or scrotal area. And that is actually where we would resource, right? You know, that's, that's kind of our energy trust fund. That is where the spark of life exists. So to just kind of wall it off and and let it go cold, we're actually cutting off our own life force. And we feel it as a pulse, right? We've, you know, we do a lot with pulses. But similarly, I saw your hand gestures was that of an infinity sign as you went side to side, horizontal. In the Chinese medicine acupuncture meridians, it's vertical, but it's but it is also in this infinity format where it goes from the perineum up the back of the spine, over the front of the head, down the front of the spine, and then loops back and kind of just dances within itself because that's the yin and the yang, right? That's life. That's the seeming opposites that blend into each other. That's us. 
That's us. I love that you brought up the infinity and the meridians. The energy is is always flowing up, down, back and forth. And when you are in alignment, the flow, you feel it going from Gaia to the cosmos uh, all the way around. We're all energy. And you said dancing, right? I caught that somehow. Yeah. Uh Yes, it is a dance. It's a dance. Yes, yes. At the end of the ceremonies that I hold, we get up, we dance, and we move our hips, and we get really fluid with it. We dance and have a hype, kind of a hype moment for our bodies and sacred well-beings. I think a lot of women are shocked at how much inadvertent judgment they have toward their bodies. Mm -hmm. They're not able to perform in a way that they need or want. Right, right. An unconscious or sometimes conscious suppression. You know, that Pandora's box, right? Yeah. 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 And of course, I see it a lot in the world of fertility. There is a disconnect because these women have been taught, if I do this, I will get that. If I learn this and I will advance, if I get an advanced degree, I get higher up the chain. And then we reach this point in real life, birth, you know, conception, birth, and then it also occurs in death where there is not an equal sign. It is, I must engage 100%. I must breathe in in order to breathe out. I must breathe out in order to breathe in. I must excrete in order to glean the next set of nutrients. But we get so up in our head that we forget that natural flow, that there really is a requirement. I'm looking behind you that we exhale in order to inhale. Otherwise we'll, you know, hold our breath and we'll just conk out. Ah. For a while, my friends and I, I expressed to Susan that I'm an elder millennial. We spent so much time trying not to get pregnant. And we talk about this. Almost every one of my girlfriends had some sort of a fertility something when they did actually go to start a family. And we talk about, we're like, was it something in the water? Like very seriously, literally, was there something in the water? There was something environmental. I feel like we're going to find a hundred years from now that we are all exposed to. I would say that it's not, it's not in the water. It's ubiquitous, right? So the difference between us now and I'm a, I'm a boomer (laughs) and our grandparents and great grandparents lived in, we're swimming in a pool of toxicity. You know, we've got microplastics everywhere. We've got estrogen, you know, hormone disruptors everywhere. I just had in my own podcast, an episode of think about even just the clothing that we wear. If it's wrinkle resistant, stain resistant, water resistant, there's one way for that to happen. And that is to apply a chemical to that. And so if you're laying your head on a wrinkle resistant pillow and sleeping all night, you're breathing in some some toxicity. We have natural detoxification abilities that we're inundated. So I think that you're right. It's not just the water, but it is also the water. It's not just the foods, but it is also the foods. Yeah, And it is also how we are to ourselves. We've gotten so enamored with our, with our heads that we forgot that we have a wisdom and knowing that exists outside of our cranium. So oftentimes when a woman comes to me from an energetic standpoint and she's kind of exhausted and it's been so long of so much, whether it be pain or I don't want to say dysfunction, but like, it's just something's not working the way that she wants it to. I will often encourage her to be mindful of her thoughts and words about whether it be the condition, the body part, etc. And I understand it's not as easy, like a light switch, like I love my body. Well, is that true? Like she knows whether you're lying anyway. So, um, What would you say around that, the energy piece? Well, a couple of things. One, everything starts with energy. And so it really does matter to have a new 
conversation with and relationship with what am I thinking? How am I thinking? Because it's a discipline, you know, if, if we, we can, we don't have to get down on ourselves because we might have been getting down on ourselves, but we can, we can just notice lovingly shift and correct. And then this, this new energetic way of communicating with ourselves will become second nature. The other thing that I wanted to raise is uh, you had mentioned something about anger and that she can feel anger. And, and I love anger. What I don't love is repressed or suppressed anger. You know, when we think of the toddler having a temper tantrum, you know, she's just blowing it off and, you know, having a rage and then sits down and is ready to play again. And, you know, that's creativity wanting to express. So when someone's angry, I say, you know, use it to have a dance party and shake it off or, you know, drum or make noise or, you know, shriek or whatever you need to do. Just move that energy. And behind that, you're going to have this big aha moment of even if the aha I'm having a rough, rough minute. So I'm going to, you know, love myself a little bit harder. Anger is a beautiful invitation. I call it my sacred rage. Mm -hmm. When something's coming up, I like to rally the people and we get really pissed off. We might scream, we might cry and we move through the emotion to the aligned action or the inspired passion that we want to do about that. If you feel called, like not every invitation is action oriented, but we don't dwell in that where like, we want to feel it fully and then feel like, okay, what do I do with this? What do I want to do next? So you almost want to play with it. Like it's it's playtime. Yeah. I want to like go splash around in the mud. In your studies, your experience, have you found any connection between women's health and the pineal gland? Well, certainly. Yeah. It's not just the pineal gland, however, it is the whole hypothalamus, pituitary, and then next organ axis. And then our pineal gland is, is sort of part of that communication chain, right? It is like a game of, of telephone when, you know, one will whisper something to the other and will whisper something to the other. And if there's interruption or static along the way, the feedback goes back up the chain and says, oh, I think I heard that differently. I'm going to do something different than maybe what is optimal health. But sure, you know, our pineal gland is is one of the lighthouses, if you will, out there assessing, are the waters okay around me? I love that. Are the waters okay? And I've read so much about how, in particular, what could cause calcification or like block some of those things in the in the message way. So I've been getting more of that, uh, which is oh, fascinating. Cool. The message is that it's a symphony. Our our hormones are are in communication and symphony with our neurotransmitters, our feel-good aspects of our hormones, which are in symphony with our nutrition, our hydration, our sleep, proper sleep-wake cycles, our relationships, so that there's not a this or that. There's not a, oh, your hormones are this, so therefore take that. We really need to and want to look at the whole person. You know, what is happening? For instance, if you've got low vitamin D, maybe you need vitamin D. Or maybe you've got some inflammation where where your body's not actually producing vitamin D. So it almost doesn't matter how much vitamin D you take. The levels will get up there in your next blood draw. But are you actually using that well? Are you getting the benefit of having the right lab values of vitamin D? And that's where Chinese medicine is for me just magical is that it is mind-body completely. You know, every emotion will help direct us to 
where an organ system, not the organ itself, but includes the organ, might be going sideways and trying to, you know, call us to some attention. So if, you know, we use the term anger, as I said, that is the liver system saying, hey, there's something you have to express that's behind this suppression. The heart system is one that wants to be peacefully joyous. But if it's gone sideways or a little awry, it can feel quite manic. And now what do we do when someone's feeling quite manic? We sedate them with some medication. And I'm not dissing medication. Thank God for it. There are many people for whom that bridge is a lifesaver. But I think we've again created a a band-aid approach. You know, if you're feeling manic, then you take this medication forever and ever. When, you know, maybe you don't need that. I'm in your camp. I'm thankful that science exists when there is an ailment that is to the point where it needs medicated. And I'm such a huge proponent of what if we were to celebrate just as much the proactive or preventative or the holistic whole body? Like I dream of a place, Susan, let's open a place where someone comes in and says, I feel X, whether it's an emotion, a feeling, anything. And then that's the kicking off point, not Mm -hmm. the physical ailment. Because as you stated with energy, a lot of times it's already happening in our body. And the physical ailment is like the last, the last step. Right. Right. And then it's dis-ease and then it's the medicine route. So I'm going to claim that that clinic of the world exists. Oh, it it does? Well, because it exists within each of us right? There is not a place to go that will resolve this aside from, you know, within ourselves, like take, take a beat, ask yourself, how do I feel? It is part of my intake, no matter what the complaint is. And often, you know, most of my patients are struggling with some level of infertility and or a diagnosis, but I just kind of step back. I go to the 30,000 foot assessment and say, well, you know, talk to me. How do you feel? What's going on? And usually in that conversation comes the answer. And then we apply treatment strategies to help her realize her own answer that she came up with while stating her complaint. So that's exactly what I do as a coach. It's already in you. Mm -hmm. And when we give it up space and time and energy to it, it comes out and you're like, whoa. So it's like, what do coaches do? We hold space for you to be able to think. And when I say think, not just with your head, with your heart, with Mm -hmm. your solar plexus, with your gut, whatever that is, we think elsewhere. We think whole body. Right. When you think about the acupuncture treatment, for instance, or these DIY at-home treatments, you know, part of the treatment itself is the being still long enough for energy to shift. There's nothing magical about an acupuncture needle. I refer to them like like the median lights of your own energy. And they're, you know, they're getting the lights in sync. They're not putting energy into you. They're not taking energy away from you. They're just helping you direct the flow. So remember the flow. And same with when it's not a needle. If it's an infrared treatment or a TENS treatment, part of it is, yes, the the unit itself is directing blood flow. But what's directing blood flow even better is that 20 minutes of breathing quietly, calming, listening to whatever you want to listen to. There's nothing, no, again, no requirements about that. If you want to catch up on your Netflix Maybe not, (laughs) but whatever, whatever rocks your world, you know, that's, that's your time back. So anyway, I I digress a little bit. 
no, no, no. This is the, this is where we get to the good stuff. Come on. Mm -hmm. The consumption absolutely matters, you know, depending on not just food and drink and things like that, the Mm -hmm. consumption in your head as well. Yeah. Speaking of anger. Yeah. (laughs) I want to go to a post that you made a week ago on LinkedIn and it's a repost from Hallie Teco. Disappointing, but motivated to keep the subject front and center. Let's make some noise and row, row, row your vote. And she it's in reference to the venture funding and digital health was down. Women's health funding was disproportionately impacted. Mm-hmm. So tell us about this, your motivation to post and repost. Well, I mean, I'm feeling motivated to converse about it, right? So that's in the social media world that, you know, the comment and the repost is is how we do it. And in podcasts, you know, using our voice is how we do it. And, you know, sometimes it's with our dollars, getting behind whatever is a cause or, you know, getting out there in the streets or getting to the, you know, getting to the ballot box. This is a world that we're presently living in, and it's not the world that I choose to live in. So I want to put my energy to writing the boat, if you will, correcting the course so that we can get back to a place where we have equality for all, but that we can really just improve upon that. I mean, I think that's what we're supposed to be doing in this skin suit on this planet anyway. Our skin suit. I've heard earth suit before too. Is there something that is going on there? There was something that I had heard from legal experts that the original case wasn't as ironclad. And that's part of the reason why it got turned over. Is there merit to that? Is there anything that we're working on today to build a bigger case so that it can't well, be? I'm not, I'm not a legal person and I'm certainly not a legal scholar. I, I lived before Roe, you know, Roe occurred during my lifetime of reproductive years. And my impression, Amy, is the best I can give you is that yes, there were enough holes, if you will, in the case itself that allowed for the unraveling of the case. And so therefore the opportunity is let's create a more ironclad case. I think for instance, not just, you know, not just women's rights, but, you know, voting rights or women's voting rights. I mean, like none of this has been, uh, what's the word, sealed at the federal constitutional level. And so that's why we're still kind of squirreling around with, you know, sort of state cases and interventions. And we thought it was a done deal, but the only reason it wasn't a done deal is that it never got done. And so let's get it done is I guess my response. We can, we can lament all we want. Just like if the the woman sitting across me says, how do I not know? I'm like, okay, but now we know, now we know. And now now what are we going to do about it? So that's That's the activist in me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's like, okay, let's all build something now. And so I would, it'll happen. It'll happen. I know it's going to happen. So it will happen, but it will happen as any one of your listeners, any one of us, gets behind it. It won't happen out there on its own. I mean, that that is not how life happens. Certainly, I guess, you know, yeah, the sun will continue to rise and set and all of that. But if we want an actionable item to take place, then it is our chi that needs to go behind it in whatever form we choose or are able to participate in. Do something. Yeah. Susan, what would you say to people who both understand the work that you do, which is from what our conversation is, a holistic look at not just reproduction, not just menopause, like it's the whole body, it's the whole woman. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people that both understand that, but then also people that maybe don't understand that? Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, for the person who understands it, I would say more of that, please do more of that for yourself, because as you do it for yourself, as I do it for myself, we do it for each other. And we, and you know, that ripple effect takes place for those who don't understand or don't, or choose not to agree. That's a right as well. But I, I, I'm optimistic in that in my field of, you know, fertility, infertility, I'm even seeing on the allopathic IVF side, a stronger conversation about, huh, if this is a diagnosis, sure, we can create an embryo, sure, we can transfer an embryo, but what's happening with this person? You know, what what does this mean for a pregnancy or for postpartum health or for longevity, menopausal health? So I think, for instance, of the polycystic ovarian syndrome woman, sure, you can get an egg out, sure, you can create an embryo, sure, you can transfer it. But what happened behind or before that diagnosis that can be uh, worked with nutrition, getting blood sugars regulated, getting inflammation down. Cause that inflammation I learned with, from a brilliant reproductive endocrinologist, that inflammation exists in the follicular fluid that that egg is growing within to ovulation. So imagine that, imagine being the egg growing in toxic, inflammatory fluid. You know, you kind of, you don't have to work hard to you know, break, break, whatever imprint that is or not. Maybe you don't have to work hard, but you're going to, but, but you've got that imprint there. So people who, who want to have children, I would say, you know, the onus is upon us for our own health and our future reproductive years, but it's also on our progeny. It's also on our, for our, ch- our children, especially daughters and their children, because the eggs that are, that made you started in your grandmother. So I was just thinking that as you were talking about Mm -hmm. what we have in us, the moment that the embryo attaches, like we immediately get like a download. Well, before that, to your point of mom, grandma, great grandma, great grandma, we all, we already have all of that in us. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times too, like when we go to blame some of the energy that comes up in us, it's ours to heal because it's ours. Yes. And it's also healing. It's it's the ancestral trauma and realizing that it's nothing to again kind of lament about. It's like okay, it's here. So yeah. now, what do you want to do about it? Right. So. Because you can, because we can heal future generations, and depending upon your belief in time space continuum, past generations. So <laughs> yeah, personally, I have a thousand women that have asked upon me to heal, heal mm-hmm. theirs. And so that comes up in, in me in any given moment. And I, yeah. I, who that is. I mean, really to be of that level of service mm-hmm. in my mind, like what else would we, what else are we here for? What are we here? Why did we wake up this morning? Why did we create that spark that, that became, you know, our life and, you know, that spark will move into something else, call it what you will. I'll use the term death. So before that last breath, what do you want to accomplish and how how can each day we be a little bit more in alignment with that? And that's what helped me awaken after almost 20 years in the corporate space. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And it's so beautiful. And I honor and cherish and am grateful for the call of these women to have chosen me. So I'm here. I'm helping others to heal. So we're all doing it together. Yes. 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 Amen. <laughs> a woman. A woman. Yeah. <laughs> So where do we find you? 
I work in private practice in the San Francisco Bay Area, and it's that website if you happen to be here and want to come in for uh, medical practice, it's drsusanfox.com. But then my excitement these days is in the space across state lines, and it is healthuniversity.co. And Health University is spelled Y-O-U university.co, not .com. And if fertility is something you or someone you love is being challenged with, there is yet another site that links with this. It's called yourfertilityquiz.com. And that uses Chinese medicine, my favorite, five element model to say, what are some of your symptoms? But it will filter it through the five elements of Chinese medicine where, you know, we all have aspects of it, but we have a propensity toward one. Therefore, we have a a map, if you will, out as to how to revert to our optimal health. Closing remarks as we start to wrap up. I would just say thank you. Thank you so much for for hosting this, for hosting the conversation at large. Thank you to the listeners, because that's why we're, we're here. So you're part of the conversation, to be sure. We may not be hearing your voice, but we're we're hearing your intention and we're uh, all in this together. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. 